The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Thank you very much and welcome along to the Boys of Tech episode 78 for Monday 9 August 2010. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm joined by my co-host Brett King via Skype. Welcome along Brett. Howdy. Brett what a week it's been. The uh, CEO of HP has been stood down or resigned because he's been a naughty boy but we won't talk about that story. Uh, (laughs) There's not really much to comment on that story. (laughs) It's quite straightforward. It was bad. He was, yeah. But um, there are three stories involving Google I want to kick off with. The first one, how could you have missed this one? Google Wave is now officially dead. It's over. (laughs) Google have pulled the plug on Google Wave. Uh, So right now, I guess, if we carry on with the pun, we should be waving it goodbye. (laughs) Very good. Very good. I like it. I can't top that. But yeah, look, I never even got to play with Google Wave. I never understood it, never got into it. When it was first announced, it was all, you know, hush, hush, invite only snippets of information, next generation communication tool, yada, yada. And yeah, none of us got invites and yeah, so none of us kept any eye on it because, well, it basically, <laughs> if we go back to the water analogy, just like a wave, it passed us by and never came back. Well, you know, I actually had about at least three or four people invite me and say, look, I've got some invitations because you get a set number, you know, yeah. um, I've got some oh, it's invitations. Just like Gmail to begin with. The same thing, was it? Is I never got into Gmail, but at least I understand what Gmail is all about and I've seen it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, no, people have asked me, you know, do you want to, and I kind of never really got into it. So right now, other than being what you said, a collaboration tool that sort of covers the email space, the IM space and so on, I still really don't know. I don't have a sort of hands-on experience with it. And I think, though, this is just really typical of a lot of people. It People yeah. it didn't catch on. This it is the whole just point. never caught on. And from, you know, the, the reviews and the things out there talking about Wave and speculating on, you know, well, the reason nobody used it, it sounds like it was trying to be, it was trying to fill a niche that didn't exist and doing it poorly. Yeah, they definitely had some design issues. I think, well, the two things you said are pretty much it. It had some design issues from what I gather, but first and foremost, it, it really wasn't anything new. It was, it didn't have a well-defined niche. And in fact, you know, I'm a, I, as I've mentioned before, I'm a great reader of Bruce Simpson's blog, Aardvark, and his column on that topic, he says, why do I want a better mousetrap? You don't succeed just by building a better mousetrap. You need something completely different altogether. Yeah, well, it's got to be something that makes you want to get this new mousetrap. It's got to not just be a better mousetrap, but it's got to be a far superior to the previous one. And Wave doesn't appear to have delivered the goods on its ambition to change how uh, online communication occurs. It's not the first time, though, that Google... You know, Google, I think if you look hard, you'll find a lot of these so-called failures with Google. And, you know, Google Video was one of them. It never yep. worked, and the only the only way they could retain a video service presence is by purchasing YouTube. Yeah, purchasing the one they were attempting to compete with. Yeah, exactly. 
So, you know, and I think there are some others. That I can't think of them now, but I, I do remember oh, reading about some, some of the I'm failures. sure, yeah, yeah. There's, there's we, a lot of we, them. If we did a look back, because we've talked about this many times with Google. Google goes out there and it does try things. It tries constantly changing, developing new things, switching things up, going in directions. People go scratch their head and go, why did they go in that direction? And nothing may come of it. But then parts of the development, you know, things they might have developed for whatever it was that they were going for in that way might end up being used in a different project of theirs, a different development field that might, you know, yield something gold. But yeah, at least they do. Well, you <laughs> know, most, out, most of they their, do try. Most of the products they attempt don't even leave the lab. But the ones yeah. that do, there are a few that do that eventually don't become of anything. And Google Wave is uh, is is one of those. The it's other, the latest one, yes. The second of the three Google stories I want to talk about is the Google Audio Capture. Now, I think we covered the, the uh, uh, well, not this story, but we talked about Google Audio Captures a number of episodes ago, didn't we? We did indeed. And had we known it was this easy <laughs> to defeat the audio capture, we wouldn't have had to spend so much time trying to work out what it was that they were saying. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, found, I, I think I remember- that's what we from, were having trouble with. <laughs> yeah. From memory, I, I couldn't work out what they were saying. And I think you, you did a bit better than I did. But yeah, it turns out that there's this flaw, rather major flaw, in the Google audio capture system where <laughs> you can just type any 10 words as the response- and it'll accept it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it is. You just type 10 words. For example, you can type Google 10 times and it will let you go through with that. Yeah. Well, they, they've quickly fixed it, admittedly, but <laughs> that's a pretty huge flaw. <laughs> it's always like a debugging thing that was left in there. That's what it seemed yeah. like to me. Yeah. There was yeah. A, a debugging sort of hook, if you like, and they, they'd forgotten to take it out. Forgotten to... <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. If you you don't need well, to try to decipher what that. Up there too. <laughs> no one is so far. We, no one's aware of any anyone taking advantage of that. There was a responsible disclosure, so you know Google were notified before that the the great unwashed were. So that's yep. good. But uh, yeah, look, this is a major flaw. I don't yeah. know how someone. I don't know how they managed to uh, try that though. What what would make you type ten words? Well, maybe they were just doing all kinds of brute force tests of the different capture systems. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Mm. Yeah, so rather major one. Now the Could it be the results of an attempt for, you know, an overflow attack or something on that? Who knows? Quite possibly. <laughs> the third story relating to Google is uh, in a town called Riverhead, Long Island, New York, have been using Google Earth to locate pools that haven't had permits. Because people have been putting up these pools in their backyards uh, without without securing permits. Without you know, permits proper resource money. consent. Ah. That's right. <laughs> naughty, naughty. So they've been using Google Earth to do that. Now, that reminds me of a story that we talked about in episode two, the very second episode of Boys of Tech, where in Switzerland they located some uh, marijuana uh, plantations using yeah. Google Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and they got some uh, arrests through that. Mm. So apparently they've netted, I think, what was it from this pool one? I think 57,000, uh, sorry, 75,000. No, 75,000, yeah. 75,000 $75, in, in fees. <laughs> yeah, have been generated by somebody in their um, enforcement department looking through Google Earth and going, there's a pool at that address. Do they have a permit? No. We send them, in, send them a bill. <laughs> Not a bad earner if you ask me. 
not a bad earner at all for somebody basically sitting in their office looking <laughs> looking at their tower on Google Earth. <laughs> How do you feel about this? Because some do people think this it, is really? really bad, that this is kind of an invasion of, you know, going too far, if you like. What do you well, think? Well, how? How? These are people who are building things which there are laws around, so they are breaking the law. And the town, if they wanted to, could have sent an inspector around to knock on doors, right? And find out whether or not people had pools. Or they could have flown in a helicopter above it. Yeah, they could have flown in a helicopter above it. All they did was do something which they could have done more expensively, cheaply, using a tool that's open to everybody to use. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it either, so but, but yeah, some people do. There's some people have been saying that, that this, is, this is just going too far and they shouldn't be doing this and it shouldn't be allowed. <sighs> but I don't see, I personally don't see, see why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Google Earth, Google Earth. I mean, you can see, you know, like, you, well, you summed it up already, you know, so I won't repeat what you've said. But yeah, I don't see a problem with it at all. Yeah, I don't see a problem with it at all. It is something that they could have done in a different method, but they found a cheaper way of doing it using thing that's already there. The one thing they do have to be careful of, though, is to check when the last time the Google Earth, Google Earth images were updated. Oh, they may no, may no longer have a poll. Is that what you're yeah, saying? The, yeah, the first may no yeah, longer have, have a poll. may be completely different there. It might have been a pool erected by somebody else when the last Passover went, because um, what is it? The, the Wellington photos are like four or so years old. If you knew when the plane was going past, you know what they should do? They should, you should have this huge mat with a picture of a pool on it just to fool them. <laughs> just for a bit of fun, you know? Or, you know, a big sheet which says no pool here and stretch it. <laughs> yeah. Covering up your pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that's probably more sensible, yeah, covering up the pool. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> right, but how many decimal places of pi can you recite from memory? I don't know. I'd have to recite it to know how many I could go for. I think it's like five. Okay. I can beat that. I can do 20. One of my Ooh. quirky things that I, I can do. Uh, that, that's, oh, that's right. You spent ages doing that in high school, didn't you? Well, did I? Sp- I don't remember spending ages I, I doing that. But- you, I remember you quoting pi to some absurd number of places when we were in high school. <laughs> it's just a silly thing. I, I have retaining numbers, but you know, some people can actually remember thousands of decimal places of that. You know these. These people with amazing brains. But anyway, this story isn't about someone remembering it, but um, it's about a couple of guys, Shikiru Kondo, who put together a Windows desktop, uh, a computer with some parts that he sourced, $18,000 worth of hardware, uh, and collaborated via email with Alexander Yi, who provided some software to run on on, uh, this computer to calculate Pi, and he left it running, uh, and it eventually got to 5 trillion... Decimal places, and that more is a world than record. Twice the previous record, yeah, isn't it? Twice exactly, more than twice the previous world record. <laughs> well, actually, no, it's 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 almost twice the the yeah yeah two point seven trillion uh, was the previous record by a French programmer. Uh, now it's it's these two guys, Condo's computer with Yee's software, five trillion decimal places. Absolutely uh-huh. insane. I like the little comment in the story that says. It was, uh, I think he, uh, he was alone in his room at about midnight when the five trillion mark was reached and his wife and mother were asleep and when he told them they expressed, and I quote, no particular feelings, unquote, about the monumental achievement. 
<laughs> they didn't. They weren't fussed whatsoever that no, like, yeah, and? That, that he'd managed to calculate some number to five trillion places. <laughs> How did it affect them? <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things. It's one of these useless feats, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those useless feats. But it's quite interesting that yeah, the the. PC that he built with his $18,000 worth. What was it? It's got like 20 hard drives and 61, more than 61 gigs of RAM. (laughs) And it probably needs it all too. I mean, it took took, how many months was it? Three months, I think. Yeah, three months to run its course. Uh, But that's not actually long when you think about it. No, it's not that long at all. Three months? Imagine how many decimal places it'd get if you'd left it to run for a year. Yeah, is it linear? I don't know. But yeah, it would be interesting to see. So I don't yeah. know whether it multiplies out by four and you get 20 trillion or not, but yeah, there you go. I guess you'll publish those figures at some point somewhere. <laughs> it's a lot of paper. Yeah, well, yeah, well, <laughs> it's a lot of paper or it's uh, or a very, very, very large PDF that you'll require 20 hard drives to store. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> What's well, only five trillion bytes in, in plain text? Well, yeah. What's five trillion? Five billion is... A gig, isn't it? Five gig. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, five gig. So it's five terabytes. Okay, so you'll only wow. need like, yeah, three two terabyte hard drives. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> to store this one file. Five terabytes yeah, yeah, worth. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> he, he could use WinZip to zip it up. It might be a bit smaller then. Oh, yeah. Being a text <laughs> and that would probably take about six months to run. Probably. <laughs> oh, there you go. The things people uh, do. Uh, yeah, it's hilarious. Now, another story that caught my eye this week was a cool little invention that, in fact, isn't new, but is kind of resurfacing a little bit, and that is a single pedal for acceleration and braking in a car. And this mm. stems from the fact that a lot of accidents, especially in today's era of automatic cars, uh, happen when people stomp on what they think is the brake pedal, but actually is the accelerator pedal or the yep. gas pedal, as as we say in the states. Uh, and and the car, as you say in the states, well, as you say in the states, yeah, not me. So, of course, the car lurches forward, and you've probably seen videos on Failblog or on Brake dot com of you know people crashing cars by doing that very mistake. There's a guy in Japan by the name of Masuyuki Naruse who has some years ago invented or adapted. Uh, a new kind of pedal that is one pedal. And what you do is to accelerate, you push sideways with your foot. To brake, you push down. And the result of that is when people are faced with a panic situation, the, they, what, they do, what they do is they stomp on a pedal. That's what you do. And the only thing that ever does is brake. Because as I say, to accelerate, you need to, to hook your foot sideways. Mm-hmm. What a neat invention. That is pretty neat. What I'd like to know is why haven't the major car manufacturers taken on this? We don't, we don't see this. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, we don't see it anywhere uh, other than Japan where there have been only, what was it, 130 individual cars have been refitted with one of these pedals and declared street legal. But yeah, it's, um, it hasn't been taken off at all. And uh, reading comments on the different sites that have reported about this invention, you can start to see, I think, why it hasn't really taken off because most, the, the, the majority of the comments have been quite negative about the device, really. It, it's people 
thinking that the, the the current status quo is is fine and that if you have an accident because you mash down on the accelerator instead of the brake pedal, then it's natural selection taking over for the fact that you're stupid and stomp down on the accelerator pedal. So I think some of the reason is quite possibly the fact that people are, you know, used to their status quo uh, and aren't really, you know, taking into account that when you get into those sorts of situations where it is all adrenaline, where something has, you know, surprise and you need instant action, that the first response is to stamp down. And if your foot is not in the right place and you get it hooked up, then you could stamp on the accelerator. But even, even if you even were aside, actually quite a smart person. <laughs> but even aside from these accidents, to me, it seems logical and just cleaner, if you like, to have one pedal. It, it, it just makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Simplification, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're seeing a lot more of these uh, automation features turning up on modern cars. You know, we've got uh, radar sensors for front and back to detect people, infrared cameras for seeing uh, in the dark to supplement your lights, automated parking uh, oh, yeah. sensors yeah. that allow you to, you know, just get yourself in the right position, set the little computer for the parking spot that you wanted to go in and then just, you know, Sit back and watch. Yeah, sit back and watch as your car parks itself or attempts to park itself. Um, yeah, we're seeing a lot more of these automation things. And so you'd think it would um, just add to that. But who knows? I can definitely see situations where you just never see this device at all. Cars that are specifically designed for racing, rally cars, you know, street circuit cars, that sort of thing. Because having a single pedal that does both acceleration and braking would mean that all of the you know, neat heel-toe sorts of exercises you could do would be a lot more difficult to... Oh, yeah. You probably couldn't with this, could you? You'd, you'd, you know, you'd have to... It'd have to be automatic transmission, wouldn't it? Well, it wouldn't have to be, but you couldn't do heel-toe heel with, with this. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be... So, it'd be interesting to see, because it, it, it think... Well, when you think about it, with the motorsport, or the, doing their, their quick changes, heel-toe braking and that sort of stuff, like Dan... You know, sliding their cars around the around the corner and kicking out the the rear axle by you know putting some more gas on it would actually possibly be quite easier with this single pedal because you could do instead of heel toe any of that heel toe stuff. You're still doing it all with the one foot, except pushing down is applies the brakes and moving your foot to the side applies the accelerator. Yeah, but you can't you do them do at the same time with this pedal. That's the thing. You, you, you cannot do so, them at yeah. the same time. No, even uh, if you're pushing to the side when you're stomping on it, if you like, or you know when you're pushing down, you, it the, disengages it, the side. Correct, does it? absolutely. Uh, yeah, so you, okay. you cannot yeah, do it. I mean, maybe you can come up with a different it. version that can do both at the same time. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the, this current one that he's that he's got that he, this is over 20 years ago that he's invented this. By the way, it's mm. nothing new, but it's kind of resurfaced just recently because uh, of the, yeah. the spate of accelerator related accidents and yep. the, you know, the, the Toyota issues with well, yeah. um, ended acceleration. So no, I, I'd like to try one of these. I'd, I'd really, in fact, I, I reckon I could rig something up like that in my own car. Yeah, probably. Probably wouldn't be street legal, but, you know, I, I, I could try it and see, see what it's like to drive. That's yeah. if I had more time. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, if you did, you'd have to let me know. Yeah, I'll, I wouldn't. I wouldn't come in the car with you, but I, I'd watch drive. <laughs> I like the way you say that. Obviously, no confidence whatsoever in this. <laughs> <laughs> Not until I've seen it tested first. It's probably a, a wise decision, <laughs> I would say, Brett. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm. Now, another little invention I thought was quite neat that I that caught my eye this week was a watch which is faceless until you touch it. The three designs that they've come out with at the moment, which three different colours, they look kind of like, you know, uh, sort of plastic or rubber. Rubbery, plasticky. Type. Yeah, rubberized yeah. plastic shell all the way around. And they've come in three different colours, a charcoal and white, a fully charcoal, and one that's just kind of an orange colour. And they're all that colour. But the, when you touch the, the flat surface, you see the dial. The, 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 you know, the number appears. It's, I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I think it looks really cool because it just looks like a band. You know, it doesn't yeah. really look like a watch at all, as you, as you were saying. No, and you can scroll between right. a, a clock timer and an alarm just by touching it, just scrolling through those yeah. three different functions. And like and I say, you, you see nothing until you touch it. Oh, that's right. The alarm doesn't make a noise, does it? Oh, it vibrates. Yeah. The alarm mm. vibrates. Yeah, yeah, which is not, I think that's great. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I so think it's brilliant. It, if I could get one here, I so would. Well, you know, it, I wonder it, if you it, can order, I wonder if they'll deliver. Well, I, I'm sure they'll deliver anywhere. It only costs, what, 220 euro, doesn't it? Uh, you can get that from MuteWatch.com. This is not an ad for these guys, by the way. We're not sponsored by these guys. So No, it's just a freaking cool look of watch. It is, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you do buy from them, just mention that, you know, we, that you heard about them through us and they might, they might send us a free watch. That'd be awesome. Actually, I don't think they will, but we could try. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, MuteWatch.com, have a look and um, yeah, make your own judgment. I think they look really cool. Yep. I think they look very styly. All right, well, that's it, Brett. Uh, let's round this off. Thank you very much, Brett, for co-hosting the show with me. It's It's been a rather different show, but good, a good different. Yes, I think so. Great. And thank you, everyone. I have to do more of that. Bring in some cool gadgets and talk about those at the end. Yeah. Uh, it'd be even better if we can try some of these gadgets, but you know, I'm not going to sh- fork out 220 euros every week for a new gadget. No. Although I'd love to. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. thanks everyone for joining us. Hey, we'll see you all again next week. Don't forget to leave your comments on our website, boysoftech.com. Love to hear from you and see you next week. Till then, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye.